On this week's episode of Life and Lessons, I talk about how to build real confidence and I share lessons on the topic from the likes of Chris Williamson, Rory Sutherland, Max Fosh and Rick Pastor. Hey, what is going on? Welcome to this episode number 114 of Life and Lessons. I'm Sean Spooner, and if you're new here, here's what you need to know. This podcast is a place where I tell the story of growing a business, of growing as a person, and of taking on some fairly unusual challenges, sometimes on my own, sometimes joined by the most interesting people I know. The only thing that's guaranteed with this podcast is every time you press play, you're going to learn something new. And I want to try something different this week. So if you were listening last week, you would know that my recording with Johan Hari had to be moved. And so this week was going to be that episode. This week was going to be a guest slot episode, but it's not. And so rather than doing another solo episode and doing free back to back, what I want to do today is something that I've been thinking about doing for a long time. And it is taking a bunch of guest episodes that I've released recently and pulling together common themes, common threads, common lessons from a bunch of different guests um, on a singular topic to share what I have learned on that topic from those guests, share what I've learned on that topic more generally in life, and try and pull together somewhat of a narrative that connects those conversations together so that whether or not you have listened to those guest episodes, if you have an interest in this particular topic, you're going to be able to take a lot away from this, uh, this episode. And so the topic that seems to make most sense right now to begin with this week is confidence because the guests I have spoken to recently have just by chance happened to share lots of insights that can be useful when it comes to building confidence in life. And also it's something that I definitely resonate with because it's a journey that I've been on for the last seven or eight years, quite frankly. I remember back when I was 16 when I was in school just going into sixth form uh, I had long hair I had very few clothes that I felt comfortable in I was like the skinniest guy in the year I had only just gone through a growth spurt so I up until that point was very fucking short my voice hadn't broke I didn't know who I was I didn't know where my place in the world was like most 16 year olds I imagine and I just felt incredibly unconfident incredibly out of place and it wasn't until many years later, probably as recently as like three to four years ago, that I actually realized that confidence isn't something that you're born with, right? That's a mistake that I had made this whole time. I thought that um, if we take school for an example, because it's something we've all been through, right? You would definitely be able to relate. In school, there were basically two groups of people to be really crude and generalized here, right? There were like the popular confident kids, And then there was everybody else. And I assumed that that was just the way things were in life, right? You were either born confident and you enjoyed the fruits of being confident or you were born not confident and you went through life struggling with that. And so I almost adopted quite a defeatist attitude to the whole thing for five or six years after that point. I'd say that the, the low point of my confidence was like 16, 17 Um, I mean, if you go back and watch The Young Apprentice, you can see it minute 
by minute on TV. Like that was my low point. However, although things got slightly better slowly from that point, it wasn't until maybe four or five years after that, that I realized that confidence to a certain degree, at least, is a choice and confidence is a skill. And other than those who are born pre-exposed to just be confident, you can build yourself into being a confident person. And so what I want to do today is pull together lessons um, that have been shared on this podcast from people like Chris Williamson, uh, Rory Sutherland, Max Fosh, Rick Pastor, and a couple of others uh, kind of blend that together with the lessons that I have learned. And then I also want to share some of your lessons because if you follow me on Instagram, you would have seen that a couple of days ago, I posted asking for your advice, right? If you feel that you have become more confident over the years, you've probably gone through some sort of individual, really personal process to get there. And so I was really interested to hear what your take is on how to become more confident. And honestly, not to say I underestimated the responses, but I thought there'd be a couple of responses that were fairly generic, but actually some of the stuff that came through and I'll literally in a minute once we're done with the the first half of this episode I'm going to pull my phone out and just read some of them because there are some really interesting some really profound and also importantly some really practical tips and pieces of advice from those who listen to this podcast on how you if you're watching this if you're listening to this if you want to build your confidence there are definitely ways to do it and hopefully together today we're going to uncover some of those And so I want to return quickly to what I said, right, which is that confidence is a thing that you have to discover. You have to go on a journey to understand who you really are as a person and almost allow yourself to step outside of the version of you who you currently are, which is probably somebody who's not very confident, which is probably somebody who sees the upside of being more confident. You see what lives on the other side of you taking that step out of your comfort zone, but you almost feel as if you don't yet have permission to do it. And this is a conversation that I had around this time last year with Chris Williamson, where, I mean, he's gone on the craziest journey of self-identity, maybe not so much confidence in the sense that at least it appears that he has always had confidence. But 10 years ago, he was a party boy, right? He was the the kind of big name on campus guy who would go to the nightclubs, be on the guest list. Then he went on Love Island and then he's a club promoter. And he was this person who was like a really confident person, but somebody who had an identity which perhaps didn't really align with his true self. And since then, he has gone on to become somebody who is really confident but actually a version of himself that he's more comfortable with that is truer to who he really is and so that's kind of where I want to start today I want to share that clip because it's really interesting to hear the journey of how you allow yourself how you give yourself permission to go about changing who you are on really fundamental levels and how that ties right into confidence it's very common people quite rightly should be and are terrified of someone telling them that they should be embarrassed by the person they were a couple of years ago because it highlights their lack of growth. This is the issue. If you're the person that likes to improve and likes to change and likes to do different things, your friends, if they're not growth-minded and if they're a bit immature and juvenile, they'll bring it up. They'll say like, oh, are you going to go and read more books? Are you a fucking swat? 
what is this like are we 12 years old now but why is it like what is it that they're saying they're saying you are moving away from me i can't keep up so i'm going to try and claw my way to drag you back down to what it is the same thing happens if anyone tries to go sober it's difficult because your friends say hang on why are you not drinking the subtext in that is do you think you're too good to waste your life with us that's what people are saying um in terms of how can people get over that inertia man it's it's unbelievably difficult and i don't really know i don't really know what caused it for me i I actually think this is one of the times where trauma can be useful if you have a a really messy breakup i had a couple of messy breakups where i'd just been a prick i just hadn't treated the girls well i i class myself as a recovering fuckboy and i don't think that they would my exes would disagree too much either actually I'd spent a lot of time treating girls pretty poorly, just classic young lad behavior, nothing out of the ordinary, but just being a prick. And a couple of those really got to me. And I thought, like, is this the person that you want to be? Like breaking young girls' hearts that have done nothing wrong. And that 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 was part of it. People need to really spend time if they want to go on this journey, if you want to change the person that you are fundamentally, you have to know that this is a lifelong pursuit. This isn't something that is going to happen in six years. This is something that's going to happen in 60 years. You can't just booty blast, booty fucking like juice cleanse your way through this. And given the fact that it's such a long project, Planning it and sitting down before you start makes sense. So take some time to think about who is the sort of person that I want to be. What is it that I do in my life at the moment that isn't aligned with that person? What is it that I do in my life that is aligned with that person? I'm not massively good at doing long, like 25-year, 50-year plans. What do you want written on your obituary type thing like I'm not particularly good at that but I do think that asking yourself those questions gives you a good sense of perspective so ask them like what is it that you want to be doing in 30 years time that's a a genuinely good question to ask yourself because it highlights the incongruence between what you're doing now and where that vision takes you okay I, I want to be um working with people in childcare because I really think that the education system needs to be reformed. I really want to do... Okay, are you in any way associated with that now? I want to be a family man. Okay, well, are you fucking three girls a week and then ignoring their texts after after they reply to you? Okay, well, I mean, that that's also not going to work. So we very rarely sit back and actually look at the components of our life. We don't actually think, how am I spending my days and the problem is that life's quite short. Life is far, far shorter than everybody realizes. You just don't have that many days anymore. Adding a sense of urgency, adding a realization that this is all there is. There isn't anything else. The only reason that you are here is to live a life which, in retrospect, you are glad that you lived. That's it. And so this is where it gets really interesting, right? Because in that clip, Chris speaks anecdotally about why it's so hard to change the person you are and find the confidence to step outside of your your social group or the norms or the comforts that you expect and become the person the confident person who you know you can be and although 
Chris tells that story through personal experience and anecdote. The reason it gets more interesting at this point is a few weeks ago, I had a conversation with Rory Sutherland and we were talking about what actually changes behavior, right? Rory is a leading behavioral scientist. He understands exactly what encourages people to change the ways they think, they act, they communicate and so on. And naturally, all of this plays into being confident. And so he was talking about the two fundamental leading pressures that are on any of us when we make any decision are that of habit and social copying, right? So it's always easier to do what you're already doing, habit. And it is always easier to do what everybody else is doing, social copying. But those two things aren't really helpful when it comes to finding your confidence because if you need to take a step outside of your comfort zone to become the person that you want to be, if you need to depart from your current habits, well then following your existing habits isn't helpful. And if you want to break away from the norm, if you want to stop regressing back to being that average person who just blends in and doesn't really speak and doesn't do the things you want to do, if you want to be different, well, then social copying is a really bad idea. So let's let's lay the foundations. Here's what Rory said about those two guiding forces that we're all up against when it comes to making change. It's always worth noting that for most people, most of the time, two driving forces, the two really potent driving forces in behavior are habit and social copying. In other words, if you think, if you think of the human brain having a kind of default mode, Okay, rather like a, an automatic camera where, yes, you can tweak the aperture setting and the shutter priority and so forth. But most of the time we don't. We just put it on auto and snap away. And if you think of the brain by analogy with a camera in that way, um, two fairly safe decisions, if you're not sure what to do, are do what you've done before and do what everybody else does. That's not to say they're the perfect thing to do, but they're very unlikely to be catastrophic. Okay, if lots and lots of people eat purple berries, you can reasonably assume that purple berries are safe to eat without any other knowledge of the berry. Likewise, if you've eaten purple berries a lot before and haven't had a bout of the shits or ended up dead, because by definition you're still alive by dint of the fact that you're contemplating whether to eat the berries or not. And if you've eaten those things before, then eating them again is probably a safe bet. And so I think we are calibrated to an extent, perfectly reasonably for evolutionary reasons, to to use those two heuristics when in doubt. And so there are certain forms of behavioural change which will either take a, a large and slightly persistent habit-breaking disruption before we'll adopt a new behaviour, or there's a collective disruption, which means that everybody else is doing something differently, which now provides me with both permission and an opportunity to do something differently myself. The other third thing is that Absent those two um, those two sort of forms of disruption, the individual disruption or the collective disruption, you will change your behavior and people collectively will change their behavior. It will just be quite slow. Now, here's the thing. If you want to build confidence, if you want to become a different version and make change, in my opinion, at least, the worst thing you can do is take 10 steps outside of your comfort zone and put yourself in a situation which is so alien that it will almost hurt you to be in that situation. It'll be so different. It'll be so uncomfortable that you will either avoid it entirely to begin with, 
or you will put yourself in that situation and feel immediately so uncomfortable that you will leave it shell-shocked and just not wanting to progress. You'll be telling yourself this story that you're not confident because you couldn't thrive in an environment that's so alien to you, right? So this idea that if you want to do public speaking, if you want to become somebody who can tell your story because you think you have a really good story to tell or you think that you have lessons that you can share, yes, it's possible to go from speaking to nobody right the way through to speaking to a room with 4,000 people in immediately. But that's probably a really bad idea if you want to perform. If you want to believe that you can actually do that, you need to start small. And this is something that I spoke to Rick Pastor about a few weeks back when we were talking about the idea of having mini case studies in your life, right? So you start small with something that you want to achieve, be that being more confident or literally anything else in life. And then you take one step, you do literally the easiest thing possible, the lowest barrier to entry task that allows you to step in the correct direction towards being that person that you want to be. And then very soon that will come become boring, that will become easy and you take the next step and the next step, right? It's almost like gradual exposure therapy that you're electing to do to put yourself in increasingly less comfortable positions which kind of tone themselves down as you go because you're getting more used to the situations that sit below them. And I believe that the way you do that is by starting small and scaling up with case studies. And so that's exactly what Rick and I spoke about. And here's what we had to say. I think that kind of mini case studies are really important. You need to build the momentum and the belief within yourself that you can truly do something before you actually go all out. The same was true of this podcast, right? This podcast in its previous kind of version was little Instagram videos I did because I didn't think I had the confidence to do a podcast. And before that, it was tweets where I was tweeting not as just kind of a generic person, but sharing my thoughts because I didn't believe that I could yet do videos. And the second you start plowing kind of small case studies into your life to prove that you can do things using that time that we have because the data's there, it's so transformational because kind of one thing leads to another, right? And so I think that, yeah, I, I absolutely agree with your approach there. 100%. And I think what what's there's there's um it's easy to fall in, into the trap of looking at people that seem to be to have arrived right they seem to have done the big things uh without seeing what happened before that without seeing all the small steps that people took so i think from like my the first steps for for me not not to, not to say that, that i've arrived nowhere near but like the first things that i did before writing the before writing the book is um i did experiments of of doing uh, one month, um, uh, like a, a blog post every single day. And then I thought, hey, this is quite nice. This momentum is nice. This works for me. Um, if I want to write more, I should do this. And then uh, in 2016, I believe it was, I did a daily newsletter for a year. So write an, a, a brief news newsletter on work and productivity and product management for every, for every single day. And that really pushed me to to stretch what I could do in besides besides my day job. And uh, I, I fully subscribe to your idea of really starting small and then but gradually expand it. And then before you know it, people will look to what you've accomplished and you see what happened well, like all the small steps that happened and the, the long like the long tail of stuff that that allowed, that brought you here. Um, which is tremendously tremendously powerful, but also takes up a lot of time and, and effort and energy. And so following that process, when you have decided that you're ready to change as a person and become more confident, you have understood what is stood in your way from what we learned from Rory 
and you have began on the process of putting yourself in uncomfortable situations which you're not yet comfortable enough, you're not yet confident enough to be in, but you're going to do them anyway to build up resistance, you need to understand that there is going to be an immense amount of discomfort, right? Literally nobody who starts as unconfident becomes confident without putting themselves through uncomfortable situations. And as you're doing this, as you're going through these uncomfortable situations, as you're putting yourself into moments that you would rather not be in, there's going to be an internal dialogue in your head. You're going to be speaking to yourself um, sometimes in quite panicked ways saying, what the hell am I doing in this situation? Get out of here. Sometimes in really negative overthinking ways when you're saying there's absolutely no way I can go to this networking event. There's absolutely no way I can send that DM slide or go on this first date because XYZ irrational reasons mean that I simply can't do it, right? You're going to feel resistance. And there's two really important things I learned during my chat with Laura and Vanessa, who are the authors of the book Performance Curve. The first is that you need to really listen to that internal dialogue. You need to understand why you're feeling the ways you're feeling. And that's really important because once you start to add meaning to your feelings once you start to pick away at them and understand why you're feeling the ways you are and even just naming the emotions this is me being anxious this is me being scared this is me panicking whatever it might be you can then add a rational view to the feelings that you're feeling and suddenly they become quite muted right suddenly once you're looking inward at these feelings that you have that are stopping you from being confident it's really easy to start picking away at them and rationalizing them And the second thing is that you need to ask yourself important questions as to why are you really doing this right? So a really great tool that Vanessa suggested is if you want to become a certain kind of person and you're feeling resistance as you go about trying to be that person, before you push yourself into making that change, just simply ask yourself, what would happen if I didn't do this? And what would happen if I did do this, right? Visualizing exactly the kind of person you could be, the the opportunities you could have, the life you could live if you were just that bit more confident. And so that theme is kind of dispersed throughout the episode with Vanessa and Laura. But I want to play one clip right now of the two of them speaking about this because I think that this is really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. So Just like we have individual mindsets in ourselves that are just recurring thinking patterns or certain assumptions we're making, the same operates at a collective level of what relationships look like, what we talk about, what we don't talk about, norms. Um, In society, what is done, you know, British culture has particular ways that you might be um, alluding to there as well of just don't talk about those kinds of things, whereas some other cultures might be much more open to show their emotions, for example, when you're thinking more of Latin cultures. Um, so there are cultural mindsets and, and ways of behaving. And yes, to to create different results means doing something differently. And that takes courage. So a couple of things there, if that's around finding that courage or, or the confidence to do that, if you know that that is something you actually really want to do, is to ask yourself, well, what do you have to lose? What if you didn't do it? What would you you look like? What would your life look like? Do you want to be that person? And actually that can help unlock it. Or in a more positive way, what could um, could be the result of that? What could you create by being a bit courageous and, um, and, and breaking the mold a bit? What would, um, how, I think 
it's something very it, it allows you to get personally in touch with something that really matters to you there and that fuels you to then take the action and have the courage to break through something that might be instigating a bit of fear to to stick your head out of the mold in that way um and and i can definitely re relate to that how often do i go about doing some shopping and just head down or oh, this is just me in the supermarket when i'm noticing something of of somebody maybe maybe struggling or being angry about something and what makes me actually stop and ask you know can i help you um so and to me that's that's an often questions around who do i actually want to be um and what might happen if i if i didn't do something um And then the last lesson that I've taken from a guest recently about confidence is in a weird way, both the simplest and the most important. And it comes from Max Fosh, who you probably know is a YouTuber who is basically a professional at putting himself in uncomfortable positions, right? He has to muster up the most unbelievable levels of confidence to put himself through the most unbelievable situations and come out on the other end looking confident whether or not he feels it and so there's a really interesting tool that max says that he uses which is having this kind of assumed confidence to push himself through the discomfort until such a time that he feels comfortable right if you look really uncomfortable if you look like you're overthinking like you have closed body language like you don't want to be somewhere you're going to stand out from a mile away you're going to have people interact with you differently because you look uncomfortable and that's just going to cause this feedback loop of you feeling less and less comfortable less and less confident and to go back to what we spoke about with Rick that's going to give you a case study that you can't do something and so in a weird way one of the early keys to building confidence in any situation and indeed in life is to have an assumed confidence to fake it until you make it to have that open body language to speak to that person you don't really want to speak to to stand and present yourself in such a way where you look open where you look kind of comfortable and confident and then people will assume that you are comfortable and confident and i promise you people interact with you entirely differently when you are that person and people interact with you paradoxically in a way that actually makes you more confident right if they assume that you're confident they're going to come on on a certain level which helps you actually thrive and so i just want to play this clip of max talking about the importance of assumed sorry assumed confidence and how that can be a really interesting tool to have people feel and believe like you are confident and that you belong somewhere even if inside your mind you don't actually believe that confidence is key <laughs> if you if you if you can have this assumed confidence where you uh feel like you belong or feel like you should be there and look like you should be there then it you can there's a lot you can do now again i i just do want to preface this that i i'm very I don't have to worry about other things due to due to my skin color. And I know that, that I've got privilege in, in that regard. But for me, I can only talk about my experience walking. Like, it's, like, it's like the high vis experiment. Like you can walk around in high vis and like the, the high vis and ladder experiment, which I think, yes, there are loads of other YouTubers have done. Like you can get in anywhere with a high vis and ladder because it, it's just a uniform of uh, assumed confidence. Like, you know that you can go anywhere. But you, you, people just assume you're meant to be there. Well, that's Sean. Yeah, he's, I, I don't know what he's doing, but he's got a high vis. So he must be very important. Um, so that taught me about this assumed confidence. And like, if you, you can fake it till you make it, you know, in a, in a very big way. 
And so they are the, I think, the important lessons the guests recently have shared about confidence. And I think the common theme throughout all of that, at least that I have taken away from those conversations, is that confidence is a choice. I know I've already said it, but actually the choice to be confident, to go through the discomfort to get there is no different than anything else difficult in life, right? Whether it is raising a family, whether it is building a business, whether it is growing a certain body, there is discomfort that you have to go through that is unavoidable to get somewhere. And I think that we as a society have confidence wrong. I'm not 100% confident. I still have flaws that I'm working on. I still find myself in situations where I'm like, I don't want to be here or I can't say the thing I want to say or I feel incredibly uncomfortable. However, the most important thing that I have taken away from the last few years of life is that this is all controllable, right? This is a journey. Confidence is something that takes years, maybe even decades to build really and truly. But every step you take along the journey makes it easier. And I said this in last week's episode, actually, until you start, until you start treading that path of improving yourself, making changes in your life, you never get anywhere. But the second you begin, you start to feel the upsides almost immediately. But confidence is also a very personal journey right we're all encouraged by different things we're all scared by different things and so that's why I wanted to ask on Instagram um, what you do to become more confident because I think it's interesting to hear the the kind of personal approaches that different people take and just list a few I'm literally just going to go through and read them out loud to see if any resonate with you and try and expand on any which resonate with me because It's just, it was really interesting reading this. I know I've said this before a minute ago, but I didn't expect the responses to be as as varied in their approaches, but also as as detailed, if that makes sense. Like I thought it would just be, be yourself, but there's so much to this. So I'm literally just going to scroll through and read a a few of these. Um, So this was an interesting one from Cameron Rawson. He said that knowing we're all the same and that when we die, we die. And I guess in a way that is... That's a theme of what we've spoken about already, right? That most people are in that first group in school where they're not the popular, confident, cool kids and that they struggle their way through life lacking confidence. Some people are better at hiding it than others. But if you walk into a room and you just assume that you're in the top, say, 20% of confident people and that even those who seem confident are having the same struggles, having the same thoughts that you are. And then you even break the ice by starting that conversation with somebody who looks like they're uncomfortable because then you and they both benefit and you get to be in the driver's seat. But also you get to almost rescue somebody from a situation where they haven't started the conversation because like Cameron says, we're all the same. That's really interesting to me. Um, Sam left me a really interesting message talking about the idea that he was promoted quite quickly through work and had to almost fake it until he made it with this confidence and this competence of what he was doing and what he knew and so on so on um and that's definitely something i've done especially in the early years of this particular business where um it was easy with corby magazine and magnet right because you can hide behind a website or an email but in patter in this business like we are paid to be knowledge experts and we are paid to sit in rooms with business owners 
and look in their eye and say something and that thing is very important to get right because there's often lots and lots of money on the table lots of money on the line and the only way I grew the confidence in a business sense to be that person who is comfortable to walk into a meeting with anybody with no notice and present whatever I believe to be true with confidence is pretending that I was confident in the first place and just getting the reps in right and so that's a really interesting one Kevin said surround surrounding himself with people that pulled him up rather than pushed him down and genuinely wanted the best for him sorry his wording was really clear I completely butchered that but basically surrounding yourself with people who actually want the best for you now this is an interesting one right because my circle of friends is quite small and you're probably the same actually I was reading in a book the other day that the average number of friends that each of us has who are actually real friends is like free which is about right for me but I've definitely known people in the past who I would call night out friends right people who it's okay to go on a night out with them but the the conversations you have are always just kind of small talk and in the back of your mind you kind of realize that they don't want the best for you and so and we all encounter these people in life right when you achieve something good they either add a caveat to it of oh you've only done this because of xyz or i could have done this or i've done better or whatever it might be and if you're in the early stages of trying to build confidence the absolute fucking worst thing that you can have is a group of so-called friends who don't actually want the best for you because every time you stick your head above the trench and try and do something and try and be different and try and move away from them like what chris spoke about in that first clip we listened to they will drag you down because not all friends definitely not there are some incredible people out there you probably know a lot of them but there are also people who don't want the best for you because when you do something good and they're not progressing it is a reflection that they are slipping behind that you are leaving them it is a reminder to them that they are not doing what they can do and so to see you do it is terrible right and so there are people who don't want the best for you the worst thing you can do when you're trying to build confidence is be surrounded by those people because they will knock that confidence out of you so bloody quick that you won't believe and so I think Kevin's point is a really important one which is that you need to have a a small group of trusted of reliable people who genuinely want the best for you and that you genuinely want the best for and just keep that circle small and celebrate their wins in the same way that they will celebrate yours, support them in the same way that they will support you, and just grow together. Um, Chris, I love this because this is one of my favorite things. This too shall pass. So he has built confidence by remembering that this too shall pass. And you can go back and listen to God knows how many episodes where I talk about the concept of this too shall pass because I love it. But I normally think about it in quite big profound situations right when you're going through something incredibly difficult in life remembering this too shall pass is great but also remembering it in the moment where you feel uncomfortable where you need to get to the end of a situation that you know will build your confidence but that right now you don't want to be in remembering that this too shall pass must be really powerful that's great amy said putting yourself in more situations where people will tell you no now I've heard this I am reading a book right now called sorry I'm late I didn't want to come and it is about the concept of um, an introvert who for a year put herself through situations that forced her to be extroverted and in the first chapter she talks about moments in which she went out onto the underground 
and asked absolutely ridiculous questions to strangers over and over and over again because our biggest fear when it comes to being confident is that we will be rejected, right? Why would you go and speak to that girl? Why would you go and speak to that guy if you fear that they will say no? Why would you go for that job if you fear that you'll be ignored again? Why would you try and become that person if you fear that people will reject you because you're different? And the only way, I think, and this is similar to this um, this thing that I'm doing for these 75 days of the needless interaction each day, the only way to prove that rejection is temporary and doesn't really matter and is conceptual and doesn't actually affect your life is just to be told no more. I think that's really interesting because it's only through being told no in those situations and through finding the odd occasion when you're told yes, that you actually grow as a person, that you actually find the right opportunities. If you avoid every opportunity at the risk that you're going to be told no, that's an immediate no, right? If you put yourself into 10 situations and only one pays off, you're literally 100% better, 100% better off than you would have been if you avoided it. So that's a really interesting one. Um, Peter Watson and Christian Owens both said something very similar, which is um, realize that nobody actually cares. And the reason that that is interesting is because Peter has very publicly grown a business or businesses now, plural, um, and he's done podcasts, he's done vlogs, he's done interviews, he has documented that entire process. And I'm sure that there were people that he went to school with who watched him as he was trying to do that and said, oh, look at that prick Peter from school, like, what the fuck's he think you're doing? Blah, blah, blah. And that could have knocked his confidence, right? I know it wouldn't because I know the kind of person he is, but that could have knocked his confidence. But he came to the realisation that I have come to and that many others have come to that people don't really care about you. They care to kind of gossip and chat shit for a few minutes, but they don't really care what you're doing with your life. And so you need to immediately ignore any kind of presumed opinions that you think people have about you and just do what you feel like you need to do. Um, And then Christian's follow-up second answer was funny. Um, Making fuck you money also helped with his confidence. (laughs) I don't know what to say to that. That's incredible. Um, And then Will said, stand up straight with your shoulders back. It changed his life. It is, of course, a section from 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson. And when he left that response, we had a conversation about that because back in 2018, when I was first getting started on this whole self-development journey where I thought, actually, maybe I can build the person I want to be, one of the easiest to implement but most profound things that I ever did was take that piece of advice from Jordan Peterson and as he says stand up straight with your shoulders back because I mean a it's it's quite conceptual right it's quite abstract because it's it's showing that you're kind of taking pride in yourself and la 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 but then way more practically b some and I promise you you need to try this if you don't trust me something amazing happens when you just open up your body language right you feel immediately more confident you feel taller you feel as if you can almost approach people far easier and then also when you have really open body language when you expose all of those vulnerable parts of your body and just stand with really open language the number of people who come and speak to you who start the conversation who smile who feel more inclined to approach you and help you with your confidence because you seem open is genuinely incredible so i definitely definitely recommend you um Go and find that book somewhere, 12 Rules for Life. Read that chapter, if nothing else. 
irrespective of what you think of Jordan Peterson, and then just try it, right? Stand up straight with your shoulders back, have very open body language, um, look as if you're confident, like we've spoken about, and just see what happens. And then the the last Instagram response I want to play is from David, who uh, sent a voice note to me, and this is really incredible, right? So there is a concept in dating called assumed attraction, and it is almost a way to avoid a lack of confidence in dating. And I've heard of it, but truthfully, and I said this to David, I've never thought about how that concept can apply elsewhere in life and how that concept can literally be flipped into anything to make you more confident in the moment and to almost avoid the negative self-talk that actually leads to a lack of confidence in the first place. So let me play this clip. This from David is really interesting. Um, I have this concept of assuming attraction. And it's basically like a dating technique where you turn up to a date assuming that the opposite person, opposite sex or same sex, is already attracted to you and you would presume what facets of you that they would be attracted to. And that itself is a self-awareness test. You're almost personifying yourself through the lens of a potential partner, but in the process you're understanding what your key strengths are. I would then take that assume attraction technique into like the business world. I would assume that someone more senior than me who is meeting me for a coffee or a catch up or an intro, I would assume that they have as much value to get from the conversation as I will. And I would understand or note what I think they would get from it if they were to chat with me. And then again, it repeats that, that, that cycle, that exercise. I do the exact same when I approach podcast guests too. I assume attraction before I speak with them. Um, not literal attraction, but... Uh, here's hoping when I get more female guests on. Um, but yeah, by doing that, I present a more confident version of myself and I present the facets that I have then learned are my strengths in a more robust manner. Whereas if I didn't do that exercise, I would understand I have certain strengths, but I wouldn't be as um, aggressive with them when presenting them um, on the podcast or in the meeting. And so that is it. I mean, look, this this episode has been probably quite disjointed. It's really hard to record this because, of course, I'm recording the bits in between the clips and then playing the clips, but not listening to the clips. So it's quite hard to even have a gauge as to whether this has been helpful. But even in isolation, hopefully those clips have been helpful. Um, I could talk about this for hours because, you know, like I've said before, confidence is a journey that I'm still on, but it's something that I have been through for many years and I feel like I have improved my confidence through nothing but action and trusting the process um and so look I mean aside from everything else the other things I would say is in trying to be confident you need to just be yourself you need to stop pretending to be somebody that you're not stop pretending to be somebody that you think others expect you to be and just be and say and do within reason of course exactly what you think be exactly who you are And it probably will, in the short term, make you feel uncomfortable. It might even, in the short term, lose you friends. But at least in my opinion, the only thing worse than feeling uncomfortable in the short term and losing a couple of friends who were never really your friends in the short term is living a 72-year life, being somebody that isn't really the person you're claiming to be, right? Is living this fake life, is living this kind of needlessly contained and isolated life where you're suppressing who you really are for no other reason than to try and fit in and to try and be comfortable. And another really important part of that is self-disclosure, right? So 
conversations get a lot deeper, a lot quicker if you're able to self-disclose, if you're able to move away from logistical conversations when speaking to somebody and getting to know them and trying to be confident of, hello, how are you? What have you done today? Did you get the bus here? Like all of that logistical shit, get rid of it, remove small talk and as early as possible in conversations when you want to feel confident and get to know somebody, self-disclose, tell them how you feel, tell them what you think, tell them stories about your life that they might be able to relate to and where possible and where you feel comfortable, be vulnerable with it, right? This podcast has been an incredible journey of me learning to just say whatever the fuck's going on in life for 114 weeks now where I just say anything and I don't care what people think and the really interesting thing about that is a, it builds confidence, sure, but B, it also allows for other people to be a lot more genuine and vulnerable in their conversations because when you self-disclose, when you are the first to step outside of being comfortable, it's a doorway for the other person to reciprocate, for the other person to say something that is a similar experience, right? And you get to know people a hell of a lot faster when you self-disclose. And when you know people, I don't need to tell you, you feel a lot more comfortable around them. So that's almost like a shortcut and a hack to confidence. I think another important thing is to reflect. So if you've been in a situation where you feel like you did really well, when you leave there, I'm not saying you need to pull out a book and journal for 20 pages, but just reflect on what went well, what you were proud of, um, and the reasons why you think that in that particular situation you were able to be confident and similarly in reverse if there are situations where you haven't been very confident um, follow the same process right just reflect ask yourself what was it in particular about that situation that made you feel uncomfortable and what can you do differently next time to make sure that you overcome that Um, similarly and I was having this conversation with David yesterday whose clip I just shared highlighting wins is really important I say I was having this conversation he actually called me out on me kind of shit talking myself and downplaying something that I had done right and it made me realize similar to these case studies which I think are really important it's really important to look back on your life and just accept the wins right I mean it sounds a bit twatty to just sit and reel off all the good things that you've done but actually if you want to believe that you are the person who can do things look at the things you have already done right I've done a TEDx talk when I was like 19 I was on a BBC One primetime show when I was 16. I've run three businesses for like 11 years. I've done all of these things that I'm so quick to forget. And yet, if ever I'm in a situation where I think this is new, I feel uncertain about this, it's so easy uh, and so quick to just look back at the things I've already done. And if I could do those things, then I can do anything, right? And then I think the final one, and this one's a bit weird, maybe because it seems backwards, particularly if you don't think that you're confident right now, but is to help others be confident, to have those difficult conversations with people and encourage them to push themselves outside of their comfort zone. I think it has two benefits. Number one, I just think it's good to be a, a leader of sorts in your group. I think that's just a positive trait to have, to encourage everybody around you to be their best, to do their best, to be as happy as possible. But B, if you're helping those around you build themselves up and be more confident, almost by like osmosis, you're going to become more confident because if you're surrounded by a group of people who aren't that confident and they will stay that way, well, guess what? You're probably going to stay that way. They're probably going to be less inclined to go to those events. They're probably going to be less inclined to go on that holiday right they're going to be less inclined to do things that encourage you and them 
to really build confidence. And so building up those around you is also really important. That is all I have. Like I say, I don't know how disjointed this has been. Um, It is almost an experiment of this type of episode uh, to see if we can do them again, maybe every other month or so to just pull on some themes from previous guests. Please do let me know what you thought of this. Let me know if there's anything that we can do differently to improve it, what you liked, what you didn't like, because although this podcast has been going for like two and a half years now, this style episode is brand new. Like I've said, I don't really know how it's going to sound until after I've recorded it because those clips are going to be dropped in in the edit. But just leave any feedback. Let me know what you think. And um, yeah, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a good week. And I'll see you back here this time next week for episode number 115 of Life and Lessons. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.